0: Good evening, evening. it is a blessing to be in the Lord's house today and if I'm a little loud please forgive me this is the first time I've ever used one of these fancy um, earpieces as they call it so uh, we'll just you just bear with me as I bear with it but it's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord tonight and I just want to say uh, awesome job to the uh, children's ministry and to the youth ministry for everything please give them another round. Uh, for those of you who might not know who, exactly who I am, I am not Shane Carell. It's an inside, that's an inside joke, but uh, my name is Sean Correll. Um, I've been a member here at the church for the, the last eight and a half years. Uh, I've had the honor and pleasure to be in fellowship with the youth ministry here for the last uh, four and a half, five months. And, um, I'm, and I just wanted to say a special thank you to... Three wonderful godly women who are um, who sacrifice and do a lot. Miss Nikki Stevens, uh, the glue that holds the group together, Miss Misty Phillips, and the glue that holds me together, my beautiful wife, Jessica. And I just, just wanted to say um, the, for, for them to be a blessing to us and to the youth ministry. And as we go into it, I just want to just say thank you for the bottom of my heart it's this is a kind of a surreal moment for me um i'm gonna be quite honest with you if it's somebody who walked that aisle right there as a sinner eight and a half years ago and uh (laughs) jesus christ changed me in every which way a man could possibly be changed and um i just say that for me to walk this aisle and to be up here in the pulpit today thank you pastor and thank you father god for um just the opportunity to be here and uh, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Um, it, I know God's all over this thing because for the last few weeks, uh, two weeks ago, Brother Shane came to me and said, you know, you're going to be doing this service, so I believe that it would be a good idea for you to do a message. So, okay, so I'm like, outstanding. That's what I want to do. So, um, so instantly, about 20 seconds later, my mind starts wandering off into the message that god's already working on me and just uh, to do it and then the next time we met Missy comes up with it with the scripture that lincoln's uh eloquently uh, eloquently spoken about and then today uh, the the words that shane said the music the brother joey and the uh, choir put out everything was correlated to the story that god put on my heart so i know it's how god is On this Uh, god is in control of all things so i just wanted to share that with you if you have your bibles please turn to what we've been reading to the book of luke chapter 2 luke chapter 2 and i will begin we'll begin in uh, verse 8 bless the reading of his holy word This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a, in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has been which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they had made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God, for all that they had heard and seen just had been told to them. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, we pray to you tonight, Lord, to say, blessed be your holy name. Lord, I just lift up this message to you in prayer. Lord, I just ask that your spirit be with us tonight. Lord Jesus, you spoke to us and said that when two or more are gathered in your, in your name, we are, that you are with us and you are here, Lord. Lord, I lift you up in prayer and praise for you are worthy of all praise and glory. And may we just honor you with our lives, with our actions and our words. May we just glorify the name of Jesus and in his precious name we pray to the Father in heaven. Amen and amen. Lamentations 327 says, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. I want to tell you a story and take you back in time. The 1987, December of 1987, that's a good year. Ronald Reagan was in office, the hair bands were number one, and social media and the internet was just a thought. Now, earlier in that year, I ended up seeing what at that time was the greatest thing that these two these 10-year-old eyes ever saw, and I just have to say that it was a blessing to see, and... You know, you ever seen the movie Christmas Story about Ralphie and the when he wants the Red Rider BB gun? Oh, you know, he has these daylight fantasies and uh, these, um, these dramas that he's going to do. Well, this is how I was with this gift, with it, what I saw. And this was a Nintendo Entertainment System or an NES. Whoo, right, brother. I tell you, this, this was a fantastic gift. And, you know, I saw it, and, you know, I could be a little short man, step on a little uh, mushroom-headed people. I can kick some turtles around. I can go off to outer space and kill aliens, or the best thing ever, I could play football as the Washington Redskins when they were good. And that's telling you what, I, I mean, this is something that I would just, I said, I went and I said, Mama, Mama, I have to have this. Mama, please, I have to get this. Now, my mama, who's here with me tonight, is, uh, was a, is a very hard-working woman. And the price tag for this Nintendo in- Entertainment System was $149. Now, $149 today, you can spend that at Applebee's or at Texas Roadhouse or anywhere with family, especially when you have my family. But, but especially back then in 1987, $149, that's a good chunk of change. And so... Something that um, I didn't know until later in my life is that um, my mama would end up starting to save for my Christmas um, in May and June. Uh, So she would be (laughs) able to provide for me the things that she needed to, that I wanted. So... um, So that was a big deal for for us to do it. And then one Christmas, I mean, I'm sorry, one week before uh, Christmas, I wake up one morning and I look at the, I go in the living room and I see, and there it is. There's a new package underneath the tree, and I'm like, oh yeah, and I go right to it and I go and I pick it up. It has the weight of a Nintendo, I believe. It has the shape of a Nintendo, I believe. Everything in my mind is telling me this is a Nintendo. But I wasn't happy with that. Anybody could tell me, especially my wife, would tell me that I have no patience and I have to know now. I have to know now. That's something that God will, will cure me of when I enter that side of heaven. I know that for a fact. But so, I just, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, everything's telling me that this is a Nintendo, right? And I get it. And I start, and my my parents will tell you, I was a good kid, but I was sneaky. There ain't, that ain't, I ain't going to be ashamed of that. You know, that's the truth. I was sneaky about it. And so I start peeking through, you know what I'm talking about, you know, the little pieces, you know, looking at where the paper goes and interacts with each other in the corners. And I swear I can just I just, I am convinced to this day that, when my mama was, a, when my mama was a, uh, in school, they pulled her out of class and gave her a six-week seminar on how to wrap Christmas gifts just to punish me because <laughs> there was no way I was getting any idea what this was, okay? So I'm peeking through, and I decide, you know what? I'm going to tear a little bit of it. I have to know if this is it. And sure enough, I flip it over on the bottom. I tear a little piece of it. The first thing I see, it says Nintendo. I'm like, outstanding. I said, I, I got it. I said, so I'm walking around. I'm strutting my stuff all day long. I'm thinking I'm going to, in a week, I'm going to be doing everything I'm going to do. Well, later on that evening, mama calls me into the kitchen and tells me and has the present or the gift in her hand. She says, do you have anything you want to tell me? I said, no, mama. I don't have anything to tell you. She flipped it over. Right there it is. And she says, what happened here? Now, instantly, my mind is going in 10 different places. Like, I know if I'm going to confess to this, I'm not going to get a Nintendo for Christmas. Not just the way that it was. But at the same time, I didn't do what I was supposed to. I lied. And, I, and we had a cat who conveniently named was Kitty. Okay. Now, get, no, keep no, follow me here her name was kitty and she had an infatuation with paper all right you take a piece of paper you take um christmas was her favorite time because she'd get in that christmas wrapping and just. and i went kitty must have done it mama <laughs> kitty must have done it now my mama looked at me and gave me that mother look I'm sure that you've all received in your, in your past. She gave me that look and that is when I come to the realization that she was a member of what I now call the trinity of the unfold. I'll say it again, the trinity of the unfold. There's three that you cannot fool. Number one is God Almighty, number two is your wife, and number three is your mama. Can I get an amen? Outstanding. So, so those are the three that you cannot fool. And so my mama jerked that up, and she walked. Uh, she ended up walking back, and she looked, at me, turned around, and said, "Because you lied about it, I'm taking this. I'm put, um, uh, getting my money back, and I'm gonna buy me something." And, I, and I'm gotta tell you, I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. And I sat there, and for the next week. I had to sit there, and I was stewing and everything. Christmas morning gets up. I'm thinking, Mama's going to put it underneath there. And by the way, let me, put the, let me say this before I continue. If you have the sacrificial love of a mother now or passed on, you need to thank God for it today because that's a blessing truly that you don't have this side of heaven very much. Just wanted to say that. So when I, I get up Christmas morning, I decided to go, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to get it. And, I'm a, and I slide underneath the tree, and that present's not there. Mama comes in there, and you know, so I'm starting to open my presents. You know, i got a board game, okay. Hey, a new baseball glove, all right. Some socks, eh, shirt, mm, okay. But no Nintendo. So I'm just sitting there. Little did I know that my mama had walked away. And as I and as I was thinking that everything was over with and done, I looked up, and right there was my mama with the gift in her hand. And she looked at me. She said, "I just couldn't do it, son." That's one of the most precious and cherished moments in my life. And I say all that to tell you this: Aren't you glad that we have the gift that is Jesus? This is a gift that has no price tag. It has no mysterious wrapping. And it cannot be taken away from you. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. So what I wanted to talk to you tonight about and uh, was um, going through was about the two shepherds and their perspective. And I want you to notice the three things that the shepherds did. Are you ready for this? The first thing that the shepherds did, they ran to the gift that is Jesus. I'll say that one more time. They ran to the gift that is Jesus. Look here in verse 16. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. In the old, in the New Testament, most of the times, whenever they, when the writers or translators decided to speak about something that's in a hurry or running or anything of that name or a sprint, they would. That's what they would usually use. They would use the word to equate a race or a marathon or a sprint, and brother joey i have to say that if whenever these two old shepherd boys decided and they was looking up in the realm of heaven was unveiled and they saw the greatest choir ensemble to ever been assembled at that point in time and they were singing glory glory to god in the highest praise be to god and peace on earth i guarantee that when those old boys saw that and the angels were singing, they can do nothing else but to run and sprint to the gift that is Jesus. Can you agree? I can only imagine that that's what they did. And so, um, I just, (laughs) watch out now, I've got to go right there. See, I'm getting that from you a little bit right there, brother. And I just happen to believe that that's something that we can um, take for us too. As I was studying for this lesson, I tended to realize, and God revealed to me, that many times that God's chosen people, he has told us a command to do, and he's told us something that we, um, for his plans for us. And we should run towards God instead of running away from God. And I'm telling you, and the, uh, God chose many people, and they always tend to run from him instead of running to him. Take the prophet Jonah. God told Jonah to go to the land of Nineveh and preach the word for repentance for people, for them to repent. Now, today, Nineveh is in, called Mosul, Iraq, in northern Iraq. I've happened to have been there, and it was, it's a, no, it's not a whole lot there, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, this, so this was a pagan nation. Jonah wasn't thrilled with the idea of them being, uh, for him to go there and preach for repentance. And so, he looked, so just like we do today Jonah looked and said I ain't doing that God I'm not doing that in fact I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction and I'm going to hide from the creator of all things in this boat and not do what you commanded <laughs> and then God looked down at no- and Jonah said no you ain't <laughs> I know the plans for you Jonah I know what's best for you. You will listen and follow my word. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for um, calamity, but to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. We tend to oftentimes go in the opposite of what God has directed us to do. And all it does is create, create confusion and calamity towards us. If we spend as much time as running towards God as we do running from God, I guarantee that this life that we live today would be with less trouble and worry. Are you still going to have trouble and worry? Absolutely. But you have the one who created it all on your side. We as a church body, we just need, and the believers, we need to live this life That we say that we create, that we believe in. And we need to run towards the creator and run towards the gift that is Jesus. And what happened? uh, The old boys on that ship, they forgot about their false gods. You know, that they all had their own gods. They, They forgot about their false gods and know that Jonah's God was a true and living God. They threw him overboard. He goes into the belly of the great fish, spits him up three days later jonah listens and follows the plan of god and he goes and preaches at nineveh an entire nation and even the king himself repents that's the lesson that we need to all take take to heart and do amen if we spent like i said if we spend as much time and effort running to christ as we do away from him more would be saved can i get an amen on that All right, forgive me for my paperwork here. I'm not as seasoned as seasoned here. So, the first thing that they did, they ran to the gift of Jesus. The second thing they did was that they told others about the gift that is Jesus. I'll say it again they told about the gift that is Jesus. Let me read the verse right here in verse 17. When they had seen this, they had made known the statement which had been told them about this child. Okay, When they told others about the gift that is Jesus, the town began talking. People started, people started uh, hearing the word, and the, everybody, the whole town was ex, um, excited. I think that's a lesson that for us today here, 3.6 billion people on this earth right now have not been reached by the gospel. Church attendance is at an all-time low. I can't tell you the blessing that it is for me that we that the first time I've ever had a quote-unquote sermon, I had a baptism. There was a baptism here before. It's a that's a blessing, but the baptismal waters are cold in this country. There's a lot of things our pastor has been going is speaking from his heart for the last several months about worshiping and about attending church and what it is today that is hard for us, for us to get people to come into this building and come to other churches and accept what is jesus christ and why is that what is the what is it that is being the hindrance and i'm the first one to admit it it's this these shepherds went and told people about the gift of jesus and I had to honestly look at myself and say, is that something I do? Do I go out and do I tell people about the gift that is Jesus? 31% of Americans say that they never attend church, compared to 22% who say they attend every week. Think about that for a second. A third of Americans say they never attend church. Now, now, do you need church to be saved no is it good for you and is it honoring to the lord if you're in church absolutely what other way can you honor him by being in his house gathered together with fellow believers it's just one of it's just one of the ways that you can honor him and how can this be how can this be that the what we read in romans that if god is for us who can be against us it's very quite simple we, we are depending on God to do it all himself. We are not, as American church, taking the step forward and doing what we need to do you know, to bring the lost into the house. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know I'm not a preacher, and I know that... Um, how should I phrase this? I'm not a preacher, and I'm not somebody... Uh, who and uh, knows everything, and I have a lot to learn on this on theology and things of that nature, but I do know this: I have eyes and I have a heart, and I can see what I see is is that as someone who served in the army and served in the Iraq war, I love my country. I absolutely love my country, I am blessed to be in this nation. We all should thank God for each and every moment that we are here in this nation, okay. But I do say this, is that sometimes I believe that we tend to more care more about the people. We care more about the nation than we care about the people in the nation. And what I mean by that is, is that we, are, we have an entire generation that we are losing to the gospel. We are losing, We are losing the generation. This generation that we are teaching here today and the generation that we set right here, I keep telling them that what they go through is every every generation is the same it, people say that this generation today is this, just generations that every, there there is non empathy thirty years ago okay there is there's is people who um are evil thirty years ago. How we interact today is is that what we need to do is be the people that we have called out to be. We can't blame the children we can't blame the people until we blame ourselves because we are not living. The church given life through the gospel. We say we are. We, we, we go through and we do this and we say that. And I'm here to tell you that there is no political party, no president, no social program. The reason that the American church, or the, the reason that this country has low morality is that because the church is not strong in the Lord. I'll I'll say that. The reason that this, again, the reason that this country has low or weak morality is because the American church is not strong in the Lord. They went and praised and told people about the gift that is Jesus. And that's something that we need to do as well. I'm telling you. Telling others about the gift of Jesus is an obligation and a command the last thing that our lord said to us as he took his rightful place on the right hand side of the father in heaven he told us to go and commanded us to take the gospel to all nations. It's for all people. It's not for the poor. It's not for the rich. It's not for one gender. It's not for any, or any political class or no societal uh, class. It is for everybody. And we as the church are obligated, privileged, and, and commanded to take his word and live this life. You want to know how a following of 12 scared and unsure men ended up conquering and bringing down the mightiest empire in less than 300 years. I'm talking about the 12 disciples, a following. They were scared and unsure. You know how they took it down? They didn't have internet services. They didn't have, you know, big programs to, to reach anybody. They did two things. They told others about Jesus, and they lived for Jesus. i say that one more time. They told people about Jesus, the gift that is Jesus, and they lived for the gift of Jesus. Amen? Third thing. First thing they did was is that they ran to the gift of Jesus. The second thing they did was that they told others about the gift of Jesus. And the third thing they did was they praised about the gift. They praised God for the gift that was Jesus. Read the last one here. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just had been told to them philippians 4 4 says the apostle paul says rejoice always always be rejoicing the apostle paul said this while he was spending two years in prison think about that i wouldn't be i wouldn't be the happiest person rejoicing in everything if i'm in prison especially the only thing i'm doing is preaching that there's a savior that's why I'm being thrown in prison. Take, take Job, for example. Job lost his health, his wealth, his family, everything. He lost everything. And what happened? He kept continuously praising God for what he had. And, had, and God rewarded him. God put it back out and said that he gave him and gave him the exact same thing back, twofold. You know, (laughs) 6,100 times the word praise or the reference of praise is mentioned in the Bible, in the Old Testament, forgive me. 6,100 times it's mentioned in the Old Testament for us to praise God. It's mentioned 692 times in the New Testament. Think he's trying to tell us something? Think he's trying to... I think he's trying to tell us that this uh, thing that we call praise and worship means something to him. And how do we do that? How do we praise and worship the man or the, the father who has everything, who has created everything? Can we give him enough money? It's all he is. Can we build bigger churches, fancier churches? It's all he is. What is it that we can give him? The thing that we want to give up, least give up the most, which is this, ourselves. That's how we give him. You know, like I was saying earlier, Pastor was, he's been on, you know, he's just been on it lately. And it's been just hitting home. You know, and he said something last week that said, and he broke it down so simply. He said, you know what God really wants from us? He wants us to love him and to trust him. That's how we praise him, is that we love him and we trust him. You know, as I was doing this study, I started thinking about the times and I used an example of the previous week of how many times that I ended up praising versus complaining, and I have to say, the complaining outweighed by tenfold. This is the lord this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We are to be rejoiceful and glad and praise God for everything that we have been given. We have been given the cross we have been given the savior who has redeemed us and saved us if that's not enough for us to get on our knees especially on this on this uh, christmas time and this holiday season if it's not enough for us to get down on our knees and thank the father of all things for what he has given us for the salvation that is through christ the lord what we can do to give him praise and glorification on that is to tell is to run to the gift of christ to tell others about the gift of Christ, and rejoice for the gift of Christ. Amen? You know, I just wanted to say, somebody asked me once to describe what God's done for me. Or describe the Bible, as he said. And I started started going to Old Faithful. I started going to John 3.16. 3.16. And he goes, not that one. Don't use that. I said, all right, can I use three? I'll give it to you in three verses. He says, all right. I said, Genesis 3.15, Isaiah 9.6, and John chapter 19, verse 30. He says, what's that say? I said, John cha- uh, Genesis chapter 15 says, I will, because you have done this, because you have sinned, I will put an enmity between you and the offspring and the descendants of her, and you will strike his; he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Isaiah nine six: For a child will be born to us, and a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And it's his name, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. In John nineteen thirty. Christ stretched out with his blood-stained, nail-pierced hands, and cried out, It is finished. He said, What does that mean? I said, Because in Genesis, God told me what he was going to do for me. In Isaiah, he told me who was going to do it for me. And in John, he told me what he did for me. When he cried out, It is finished, the baby that we honor and celebrate that was born in a manger we have to remember that he grew up in the world in the body just like ours he had powers that we didn't have he had powers that healed the sick cured the blind made the deaf hear rose the dead and he went from a little baby to a man pulling a cross Bloodstained, beaten, nail driven, and cried out, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the gift he's given. Amen. So, as we go out to, at the, uh, at, during this time today, just remember what blessing that the Lord has given us and given you is the musicians will come. anybody needs any prayer tonight anybody is dealing with things just know that the holy spirit is here with you that you can do anything through him and for him all you have to do is surrender and run to the gift that is jesus accept the gift that is in jesus tell others about the gift that is jesus and rejoice for the gift that is jesus Amen? Amen.
1: When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, what have Se sei Eres o oh, é... Should be fit, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that His own blood for my soul, it is well with my soul.
2: Anyway, testing, one, two, and I am on. Okay, so it has been a good night. It's been a good night of sharing, of loving, of the moving of Christ. And tonight, I want you to do me a favor. I'd like for everybody, just for a moment, just bow your heads. We're going to be praying for Miss Reva here in just a moment. But I want to ask you a question. Right now, the Spirit of God is moving in the midst of his people. I know that he is. If you have felt the Spirit of God touch you tonight, would you lift up your hand right where you are? Absolutely. I know that. It's a fact. He's here. And um, tonight, as we pray in just a moment, I want you to recognize that God is with us. He is always with us. He never will leave us. He'll never forsake us. So He's here. And saints tonight, reach out and touch Him, and He will touch you. Amen? All right, I'll pray for you in just a second. But what I would like to do is two things. Miss um, Gillio, would you come down here for just a moment? Miss Gillio, I didn't find out until today that your brother. Is this correct that your brother had passed? I want to pray for you too. Is that okay? Would you Would you have a seat right here with us with Miss Riva? Deacons, if you come and let you spread out, and, and youth, I want you to do something too. We're going to have the deacons out here on this side. Deacons out here with me. Youth, come on, surround them. Youth, come on around, surround them. We, we call this laying on of hands, folks. Okay, Miss Reva, you're going to be having a heart cath here shortly, is that right? Okay, on Tuesday. And Miss Jillio, we're going to pray for you, we're going to pray for your family, okay? Before we anoint you and before we pray, according to the word of God, as he said, is there any sick among you? And I believe emotionally, spiritually, however it may be, the Bible says to call for the elders of the church and to have them anoint you with oil, to pray the prayer of faith. And the Bible says that the prayer of faith will not only heal the sick, save the sick, but if they've committed any sins that they would be forgiven. So we anoint you today and we pray for you.